Hello friends and welcome to episode number 209 of Bad Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He is Justin in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, it was a weekend to remember. Uh, lots of crazy shit happened. Um, oh yeah, like what? <laughs> <laughs> well, Albert Pujols uh, hit uh, home run number 697. He one. Two this weekend. Yeah, he was not 696 and 697. So fuck you, A-Rod. Can he get to 700? Yes. I feel like the whole world is willing this to happen. Yes. I mean, technically, yes, it's possible. Yes. Because he will have three at-bats yes. before the end of the year. Will he get to 700? Yes. How much would you bet? Yes. Would you bet $1,000? Yes. 2000 Yes. 10000 Yes. 100000 Yes. All right. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Albert Pujols is setting the world on fire right yes. now, and I love it. Uh, I don't have anything to say about it, but the Queen died. That was a big deal in the news cycle. It was. It was. Uh, it was a deal. That's for yeah. Sure. Uh, events transpired, and the Toronto Blue Jays took two of three from the Texas Rangers in Arlington. Yeehaw, as they say in Texas. Um, how do you feel right now? If you pick one word. To describe how you feel about the Toronto Blue Jays, not just about the the the, uh, the loss here, but just overall their position right now in baseball. One word. One word. One singular word. Hmm, <laughs> it's a tough one. Um, playoffs. That's one word, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Kind of stole my thunder. One word yeah. is a difficult thing to do to describe a baseball team. Jays. There, I did it. That is them. Uh, if you like what we do, which isn't very interesting this week, <laughs> follow us uh, on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Go ahead and DM or tweet us your questions. We love getting them. We love answering them. Uh, follow us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, website is bfmdpodcast.com. Uh, Justin, are we ever going to do anything with that fucking website? What do you mean? I post episodes there every week, or every episode. What are you yeah, talking about? I thought, are we going to do other shit with it? Or are we like, just... like what? I don't know. Post pictures? It's not Instagram. Pictures. <laughs> pictures. I got the giggles today, man. I'm just, I, I, I had some Halo Top ice cream before we started. I don't know if that's a thing where you're from, but Halo Top what, frozen what is that? dessert ice cream. It's very low-cal. So the whole so it's pointless and eating it then is what you're saying. The whole drum is 473 milliliters, and for every 188 milliliters that you eat, it's only 130 calories. So if you eat the whole fucking thing, uh, which is what I just did, <laughs> it's that's not of, even it's not even 400 calories. That's a you that's a what? lot of mass to to consume. No, no, it's not. Four hundred and seventy-three milliliters. That's that's a fair amount. Milliliters. Yeah, that's a fair amount. Half that's not even half a liter. Half dog. a liter of ice cream. Half. It's less than half a liter of ice cream. Yeah, I still feel like that's. Cool. And it's actually frozen dessert. Oh, it's not even. It's like it's the it's the Dairy Queen of ice cream. It's not actually ice cream. I mean, it's ice cream, but <laughs> I. Your point is well made. Anyway. No, that's not bad. Multiply that by three. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's just it just seems like a lot of ice cream to, to to indulge. Well, I mean, trust me, I've been burning calories like a crazy bastard all weekend. So like, I had to 
replenish, right? So here I am, had some Halo Top ice cream. Go ahead and get yours at your local confectionery or <laughs> uh, grocery store. And if you like Halo Top, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating alongside your five-star rating for Halo Top ice cream, <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Justin, we kind of already went through everything that was interesting uh, that we wrote down for our introduction. Do you have anything you want no, we'll, to say? No, we'll see you on Thursday after the Baltimore series, right? That's, that's <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, I mean, the Jays, are, the Jays are eight and two this month, which is fan-fucking-tastic. It's a great way to start the last month of the season. I think they were like, what, like 19 and seven or something last year in, in, in September. I can't remember. It was a really, they had a really good month last September too. So it's important to finish strong, obviously when you're in a playoff race. Um, we know that uh, Baltimore has already lost to Boston today. Tampa Bay is getting their shit pumped in by the Yankees right now. Um, I don't know. Did Seattle lose or win or something? I can't remember about them. Who cares? Anyway, the Jays are five and a half games up on Baltimore right now. Six and a half up on Chicago. We have faded the Twins in the wild card race. They still have a chance of their division. I think they're like four back there or something. Um, they came into today at 69 and 69, the nicest record in baseball. White Sox are losing 8-3 to three to yep. Oakland right now, so they're it's over. What's um, Seattle up to? They're up 6-2 to two on Atlanta, so that's just assume that that's good. Assume okay. those yeah. stay... It, it'll inform you of uh, the fates of a lot of those teams. So yeah, and Sox, yeah. so Seattle and Tampa will both be a half game ahead of the Jays. And in case you weren't already aware, I don't know how you couldn't be, the Jays play f- five games against Tampa in four days starting tomorrow. So we'll talk about that series. But that's that's a, that's a lot of games in a short amount of time against a team who is only half a game ahead of you. So that's going to do a lot to determine what happens in the standings. Um. The Astros, Yankees, and Guardians continue to lead the three divisions in the American League uh, with the uh, White Sox and Twins still attempting to catch the Guardians in the in the Central. That division's just a garbage pile. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Cleveland have won three in a row. And Chicago, the South End boys in Chicago have won four in a row. Mm-hmm. And they have the same record as we do in September, eight and two. They're running at a runway though, and Cleveland keeps winning. So, really, their only hope now of the playoffs is is pretty much win the division. And they're just not gaining any ground, no matter how well they're playing. Yeah, they're they're still uh, at least a game. I think they've played two more games than Cleveland has, and Cleveland is sitting atop the division. So, yeah, you got a bit of a problem here. If you're <laughs> Chicago, you can continue to thump all these teams, but you need Cleveland to lose. I don't know what their schedules look like, but, uh, it, things don't bode very well for, for Chicago right now. Uh, and Baltimore really needed to put forth a better effort this weekend, and they did not. So their elimination numbers are starting to get smaller and smaller. Baltimore's at the start of the week was like 26, and now it's 18 or something like that. It's bad I mean, for them. Good they've for got us. six more games against the Blue Jays, including three 
next weekend. So it's a, it's a big week of games. It's eight games in seven days against divisional opponents, both of whom you are locked in battle with for wildcard positioning with Tampa and trying to keep Baltimore behind you and out of the playoff picture. So it's a very important game for the Blue or a very important week for the Blue Jays. Um, in the National League, it continues to be relatively boring. Um, the Dodgers are at 95 wins currently. They could easily get to 110 and likely will or get close to it anyway. Um, the Mets and the Braves have been going back and forth in what continues to be the only exciting thing in that entire league. Um, they're separated by a half a game, and they 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 have been playing each other. Uh, I think they play each other soon again, and they've just been going back and forth these last few days, which is pretty exciting. Half game of up here and there. Uh, that's the only really exciting thing. The Brewers are two and a half back of the Padres and three back of the Phillies in the wild card. So I mean, they could still make moves, but I feel like the Phillies and the Padres are a better team overall than the Brew Crew. So. Yeah, they're all they all have similar records in their last ten games too. Phillies yeah. won two in a row. Milwaukee's won two in a row. San Diego lost. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Like, it, there's just not enough space, uh, for Milwaukee to work with. They pretty much have to win like eighty mm-hmm. percent of their games from here on out. Just to try to gain some of this ground. It's hard to do. Sure I don't is. know, man. I think. I think the National League might just be set or very close. It's to very it. close. Yeah. Um, well, we know for sure the Dodgers, uh, the Mets, the Braves, and St. Louis are going to be, the Cardinals are all going to be in the playoffs. Everyone else, which is just Philly, San Diego, Milwaukee, it might, I don't know, the last week might be interesting, but I don't know. I, I feel like we've got our teams. I mean, I feel that way about the American League, too, but <laughs> I guess I can't say that until after the games are played. We'll see. How do you feel about these five games we have coming up? I don't mean to jump around, but this is kind of, no, this is important. tough. Yeah, it it's really, I guess, beneficial for the Blue Jays that, Tampa is getting absolutely shelled by the Yankees today. Yeah, because, they lost. Uh, that game's over. Tampa was wanting to utilize Ryan Yarbrough in tomorrow's game, from all reports, and he had to pitch today. So that's going to change their plans. The Jays pushed back Barrios and did a bullpen game today because they wanted to use their starters in a divisional series that actually matters more than the series against the Rangers. Uh, they did lose Fair. today, obviously, but they still took two to three on the weekend. Fine with me. Uh, they went over ten with runners in scoring position today, so that's why they lost. In case you're wondering, but that's really all we need to focus on there. Bobichet's still red hot. Teoscar came back. Congrats to Teoscar and his wife. Uh, they had a, a baby boy, and uh, Teoscar came back and had a couple of hits today. So, congrats to them. Um, but yeah, Brios is going to go tomorrow. Manoa is going to go in the first game of the Looney Dog doubleheader. That's what it'll forever be known as because it's going to be a double double day of, double, of dollar dogs. Bring your $20 bills My and God, just start making it, a rain. Yeah, it's dogs. too bad it's not a like a, a back-to-back doubleheader situation. It is a day-night, so it's going to be double, like two tickets required. But uh, Springs is going to go up against Manoa in the first game on Tuesday. Um, 
Mitch White is likely getting called up as the 29th man and should start the second game. And Kikuchi pitched like two or three innings today, so he might not be able to participate in that doubleheader, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> and the, we're not sure if the Ra- who the Rays are going to pitch in the second game of that series of that doubleheader yet. They could call up somebody from AAA to start it as well. Um, and then in the third game on Wednesday, Drew Rasmussen, who's having a great season, is going up against Ross Stripling also having a great season for the Blue Jays. And then in the finale, it's Corey Kluber against Kevin Gossman. Uh, Kluber got rocked also by the Yankees. The Yankees have all of a sudden started scoring runs again against Tampa Bay, which is actually good for the Blue Jays, I guess, since they only play the Yankees three more times, but bad for the Rays. Um, There are some rumblings that Shane McClanahan could return later on this series, and that may put him in the Kluber spot, but... No. Nothing's been official. He has that shoulder impingement. Um, and, yeah, it'd be, it'd be pretty surprising if he does come back that quickly from that injury. And even if he does, it would likely wouldn't be in a lengthy role. It would maybe be on a little bit of a limited ease and back in basis. We're not even going to worry about talking about that possibility. But, I mean, on paper, Patrick, to me, it does look like the Blue Jays have the starting pitching advantage in this five-game set. The doubleheader is always going to be an absolute kind of clusterfuck, depending on what happens in the first game. But you've got Manoa there, who is typically like six innings at least. Um, so at least that gives you some length in game one. Hopefully you win it handily. That way you don't have to use your high leverage guys. And then you can save everybody important for the second game. And then you can do whatever you want there. But there's going to be some moves up and down. Could be some guys option, guys recalled. There'll be some people pitching more innings than they probably should in that doubleheader to try and just save a save another body. So we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's it's an interesting series in my opinion. It was actually to their advantage that they used Ryan Yarbrough today in a game that uh, became meaningless because Yarbrough's not having a good year and the Jays. Uh, they they did pretty okay against him. So now it kind of I don't I don't know who's gonna start tomorrow for them. Is there any chance they might bump up everybody? Like they might bump up Springs to tomorrow. I don't know if they have had an off day recently to do that, so they would have to shortchange some guys on the rest. And well, Kluber could be available to pitch sooner if they're a hundred percent sure McClanahan is back because they're not just gonna. S- I feel like they'll probably just wait. They'll have to do a bullpen day tomorrow and then Springs, uh, for the early game and then the afternoon game. If we see Kluber, on in that uh game two, that means that Shane McClanahan will will start that Thursday game. He is eligible to return Thursday. Shane McClanahan, uh, but like you said, things look good. Uh, McClanahan threw a bullpen on Friday and it went really well. So it could be that that TBD spot on Wednesday will be Kluber, and, but Kluber will get shortchanged. I think he loses a day, maybe, yeah, or something like that. But they got to do something because right now they're looking at two TBDs in the first three games, and that's not good. Granted, one of ours, uh, our slots is Mitch White, who's been 
struggling to say the least uh, in his <laughs> most recent outings. Yeah. And with Barrios, it's really a, a Jekyll and Hyde. Like, who knows which version is going to show up. We need him to be at his best this week, though, because he's going to get two starts. One against Tampa. One, uh, if he starts Monday, he'll start Saturday. Won't he? Or Friday. No, he'll have to start sooner. What are they going to do, man? Who's they this? Sorry. Eight games in seven days. Yeah. Brios. He's got to start. Well, he's going to start too, right? They're talking about the, the like they have to do a bullpen day on Friday against Baltimore. Jesus Christ. Just to get back on schedule with the rotation. Because, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're going to be short resting, guys. It really depends on, I guess, how these Tampa Bay games go. If... <laughs> God forbid they lose all five. Maybe they do have to push everybody up a day to try and win all three against Baltimore. You know, it just really depends on what happens. Because I'm don't... about to throw something at you that you're gonna be you're gonna be pissed about. Maybe potentially. If you, if you say Nate Pearson, I'm trying this recording <laughs> off. <laughs> Nate Pearson is in Buffalo right now. He's uh, doing like two innings all year. He's th- like... Yes. Okay, but let me finish before you God. dismiss. We need a bullpen Friday. Nate Pearson. No. Come up. No. Throw an inning. No, no you'd rather have Mitch no. White, whose ERA is no. higher than his weight. Mitch White's not going to pitch on Friday if he pitches on Tuesday. Well, who, who, do, who do you want? Do you want Trevor Richards to record one out and give up multiple runs <laughs> hey, again? The, the first time Trevor Richards opened, he went two innings. Yes, he got lit up a bit today, but only ended up giving up one run because David Phelps was a real G and bailed him out. Yeah, he was. That was it's, good shit. It's good. Nate Pearson. Stop trying to make Nate Pearson happen, Patrick. Who is it then? Julian fucking it's, Merriweather? It's a is that what you want? Day. It's going to be whoever has oh, I, I hate fresh you enough so arms. Much. It's not. <laughs> Monday is an off day. Next week. <laughs> not this week, of course. You got to get if, through this week, and then you can have an off day and get everybody else back on rotation. What if we just run out of gas? Like we have to assume, like all of our starters have to give quality performances this week. It's definitely important that you get five innings from all of your starters at least. Yes. There might be a, a very healthy dose of Trent Thornton this week if, yeah. if one of these games. Yeah, is Thornton a could be the guy who comes back up as well. Like they Julian could. Merriweather. Yeah, Merriweather had two great innings today. He looked he looked fine. He like he got six outs it was, in it was his solid. last uh, three performances which totals uh 4.2 innings he's given up just one earned run uh one walk and four strikeouts so maybe he's turned the corner maybe <laughs> every, Mary every time just, we say that he gets hurt so it's he either gets hurt or I he think, gives uh, up six runs on one out i or think merriweather's the kind of guy we just need to like not talk about yeah he doesn't and exist he just like he can he can just go about his business without any sort of attention, and maybe that's what okay. he just needs. Same with Nate Pearson. I think we, if we stop talking about him, maybe one day we'll just like wake up from a fever dream and he'll be like winning twenty games a season or something. You know, like realistically though, they need somebody, whether it's Casey Lawrence or Mitch White or yeah, the, like the fucking I, Pope. Somebody needs to log some heavy innings this week. Yeah, there's a couple things that could happen. Um, they could call up Mitch White for this doubleheader as the, as the 29th man. And then depending yep. on what happens, they can always option Zach Pop back down to AAA to bring up a 
Lawrence or a Thornton for some bulk innings on that Friday game. So there are going to be moves, obviously, because it's just baseball and things are going to happen out of the team's control with players not performing up to the level they should and whatever else. So there will be some moves, and obviously we'll we'll know more after this Tampa series before Baltimore, what's going to happen on that Friday. If it's, um, it's, if kinda, it's bad Barrios tomorrow, do you leave him out there as long as possible? I, you might just have to, yeah. I think you I think you pitch him for 100 pitches and see where that gets you. So even if that ends up being like like before he gets past the third inning, he's already given up 10 runs, you yeah. just leave him out I there? Think you, I think you kind of have to. You have no choice, yeah. And yeah. I mean, if you give up 10 runs, you're probably going to be close to 100 pitches anyway. Yeah, it depends what the offense is doing, though, too. Like, They play it, well behind him. They do, and you'll see. They've been playing better on the road than at home recently, so eight home games in seven days will be interesting to see if they can finally score runs. Um, they, they, didn't, they didn't score a ton of runs on their road trip for the most part, so they lit up Kohai uh, Arihara last night. And yeah. Actually, he got DFA'd after the game. Ouch. They ended his career potentially. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's. It was, it was 11 happened. earned runs that he got charged with because the Rangers just had to leave him out there too. And they said it was the most earned runs charged to a pitcher in a single outing this season in, in baseball. Ouch. So, uh, yeah, his career could be over. Um, well, they have no choice, right? It's like when yeah. you're jammed up at the in September with no days off and you got to run double headers. It's just a shit show. It just happens. But, yeah, no, I mean, this series is going to be big. Obviously, we know Tampa and the Jays always play tough against each other. Uh, thank God these five games aren't at the trop, or I'd be, like, my vision would be permanently, like, kind of tinted yellow just from the glow of the trop's roof. Would you just, yeah, if we had to play five on, at the trop what's our record at the trop this year i'm not certain and i don't care to look because i can't stand any, any anything about that ballpark it's it is a garbage dump i guess yes yeah um, uh, well so far our record against uh, the tampa bay rays this season is four and six so yep. these remaining nine games will be interesting two and three at home two and three on the road um yeah Man, this is a big series. It's huge. There, I don't even know what else to say. I mean, yep. I think ultimately the big thing is pitching. If we get good yes. pitching, uh, we got to scratch runs though. They yeah, got to they got to play small ball this week. In a series like this, it's definitely more about pitching than it is about. Obviously, you do have to score runs to win, mm-hmm. but I think the team who does have the better pitching in this series will likely win the majority of games it sounds kind of stupid to say that because it seems like common sense but one good start out of these five games isn't going to cut it you need three maybe four like not maybe that's not necessarily like quality by the stat starts we need like you need some guys to do at least five innings two runs or less kind of thing um so the team can get it to the bullpen hopefully with the lead and hold it right so here's some numbers for you i'm just gonna throw these out there uh, the Jays only have two games left uh, outside of their division, and they're both against the Phillies later on the month. Yeah. Uh, 21 games against divisional opponents. Yeah, uh, and mostly four, Tampa and Baltimore. 14 of them will be at home. That's good, though. Seven on the road, 21 total games out of the remaining 23 on the schedule. 
Um, I think this is definitely the biggest week to date. Yep. For the team, but the fact that there's so many games at home, this this could really be the week to cement our position. Because if we clobber Tampa and then we're able to at least win the series against Baltimore, Baltimore might just be dead before we have to face them in that final series. Yeah, that's and that's the best case scenario, right? You come into that final series four games up on Baltimore and then it doesn't even matter if you lose all three. So yeah. that's the that's really the end goal of this next stretch of games is to get it to a point where that last series doesn't matter. The sooner you can eliminate the teams behind you the more pressure that comes off your shoulders and the more you can focus on letting guys rest a little bit, not playing every day in case they're nursing anything minor and, and just get them right for the playoffs. So you can really, and at, at that point, once the team behind you is eliminated, you can make sure that you set up your rotation to be rested going into the wild card series. Cause you'll know what days you're going to be playing in that. So you can do a bullpen day to, add an extra day of rest in somewhere if you need to or, or restructured after an off day just to line everybody up right for that playoff series so it's it's really crucial to just win as many games as you can now because that'll help you plan your postseason push shall we discuss some of the hitters uh and what we're seeing so far obviously the team is playing quite well in september uh as you alluded to earlier in our broadcast eight and two we have four or three players that are over a thousand OPS so far uh, in the month of September, and then we have two additional players with an OPS over eight hundred, mm-hmm. and then we have an additional three players over seven hundred and thirty in OPS. So it's like everybody's contributing; it's all clicking at the same time. One bad game, yeah. Today, today was not like ideal. A bad game, yeah. <laughs> Let's. Let's just let's let's go down the order. Bobuchet obviously is the star. Uh, he is twenty two for forty four in the month of September, which is a five hundred average. Nice round number for you. One point six two three OPS, Mister September. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's having an unbelievable month so far. Certainly, player of the week in the AL, I would think. Um, I mean, I right... think Mike Trout hit home runs in like six straight games oh, too, though. Yeah, that's so, true. but Bichette, that I mean, has hit six home runs this month as well. So I think I think it's gonna be him. But yeah, yeah, we'll Mike Trout. Mike, is Mike Trout hitting five hundred? We'd have Mike, to check that. Mike Trout is hitting a lot of home runs. <laughs> he is hitting a lot of home runs, but their team is also like eight hundred games yeah. under five hundred. They're just trash. Um, Kevin Bichio is a name uh, you might not remember, but maybe you do. Uh, in eight games so far this month, he is five for 19, but, uh, two of those are home runs. Yep. And another is a double. Uh, he's got five walks up against five strikeouts. So he's got a delicious slash line of 263, 440, 632 slug for 1.072 OPS in the month of September. Uh, exactly at the right time obviously santiago espinal has slowed down a little bit since the all-star break uh struggling a little bit uh whit merrifield uh is having a disastrous september his ops is 154 
So we don't have to talk about Whit Merrifield really anymore. I don't see him taking any starts anymore. Um, how do you feel about Kevin Biggio? What is what has spurned on this change? Do you think? I mean, he's, is it his approach? I think he's just been playing more recently. Um, yeah. And he talked about trying to be a little bit more aggressive. So he's still taking a lot of pitches, but usually when he takes a pitch, it's because it's either like in a spot where he doesn't have a high probability of putting it in play for a hit or it's outside of the zone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously it's good to see him hitting a couple home runs this month. He's a guy who in the minor leagues showed, did show some power. So it'd be nice to see that come out a little bit more. The, the new, we'll talk about the new shift rules another time for next year. Cause that's like have an off season thing to talk about, but there are new pitch clock, etc. pitch clock, yeah, yeah, shift yeah. rules, bigger bases, that kind of thing. We'll talk about all the real changes when there's more time for that. But that'll help guys like Biggio out who typically pull a lot of balls on the ground or into the shift. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's the perfect time for him to do it when um, he can play second base, first base, and right or left field, really. So, I mean, it's it's a good time for a guy with versatility to start hitting well because it forces you to put him in the lineup, which is what you want. Number three on my list, Daniel Robert Jansen. Uh, he's also uh, 1.055 OPS. He's got a home run, three RBIs, uh, but he's eight for 19. Uh, none of those are doubles or triples. So the it I guess I I mean I guess you could look at it as not a lot of power hits, but then again, he's you know he's a pull, pretty much a dead pull hitter. But uh, two walks to one strikeout. Uh, Danny Jansen's having a terrific month, hitting 421, making solid contact. He's really kind of turned it around. He's actually uh, hitting 326 in his last 15 game, or yeah, his last 15 games with the OPS around 950. Do you feel like Danny Jansen is playing himself back into the conversation for next year? Because they really they've got this three catcher problem. And every time it looks like one of them is like, okay, yeah, you could part with him. Uh, they just go on a monster streak, <laughs> and you're like, well, hang on a minute. Maybe, maybe we don't have to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a topic for the offseason. Uh, we've we've talked about this a ton. Great it, month, though, for Danny. Yeah, it's, it's great to see it. The, a four-hit game yesterday, including a home run in that game. He had the right, yeah. the go-ahead RBI single on Friday night's game as well. So it was a, it was a really good weekend for Danny. Um, and you love to see it. Obviously, he works hard, and he's the best game caller that the Blue Jays have. Um, so, I mean, Kirky's had a good start to the month as well, too. So you can't discount that. But, I mean, it's – it's uh, yeah, any, anytime you've got – to your your catchers providing as much offense as the Blue Jays get it's a it's an incredibly enviable position that that they're in from other teams so here's a people I'm going to hit calling. you with a surprising stat I know that the sample size they're they're not equal um, but if you had to guess which one which type of pitcher left or righty is Danny hitting better against what's that sorry between left and light left-handed and right-handed, who do you think Danny is hitting better against? Uh, I think he's year? hitting better against righties this year. Nope. Hmm. Two seventy-five hmm. against lefties. Nine twenty-five OPS. Hmm. 
758 against righties. Yeah. He's having a very good year. Yeah, offensively, he's uh, performing well. Yeah, if he had play, gotten to play the whole year, it would be very interesting to see how he and Kirk would have been able to trade off of one another because obviously Kirk, he started he's starting to heat up again. Uh, he's hitting 324 in the month of September, but Danny is just hotter. Uh, and and you alluded to it earlier as well. It'll be interesting to see how Danny is deployed this week, especially with Mitch White possibly being a starter. And Mitch White performs much better when Danny is behind the plate calling the game. That could be an interesting factor to look at uh, in the next five days uh, for those games against the Rays. Uh, and Gurriel is hitting 879, and it's really unfortunate that he ran into this injury. I haven't read very much. Is there any sort of update? Is he for sure on the 10-day IL? Like he's that's yes. already happened. That's already happened. To the eight, retroactive to the eighth, I'm seeing, which means he won't be eligible to come back until the 19th, which is a day off, isn't it? Yeah. He and it's. I'd say it's highly unlikely that he misses the minimum. Usually, those type of injuries are like two, three weeks. So probably going to see a little bit more of Rymel Tapia then this week. Uh, yeah, or or JBJ. Whoever gets hot, obviously Tapia hit a really big home run yesterday. But uh, I think in terms of not not big in terms of the time he hit it, but it was, it was a big home run. It was a long way. Out of the three reserve uh, outfielders that we have, so Tapia, Bradley. And uh, Mary, well, four, I guess now with Bradley Zimmer back into the picture. Five, if you count Kevin Biggio. Uh, yeah, five. Wow, holy shit! Um, <laughs> it's a lot of outfielders. Yeah. Um, Toppy is actually the one hitting the hottest. He's seven fifty four OPS in September. Uh, Springer has cooled off a lot. Yeah, Springer He's, and Vladdy are struggling to start this month. Which Vladdy is actually. Is our worst reg- hitting regular so far in the yeah. month of September. He's, he's hitting just, a buck ninety six. He's just been pounding everything into the ground again. Yeah. Um, I think he's been I, getting a lot of shitty calls. I really though, wish too. they could have given Vladdy like a complete day off this weekend. Yeah. Because he's probably going to play every day in this or every game this eight this coming week. Yeah. And I feel like a, a day off just to rest the legs and maybe spend some more time just hitting in the cage just to work on the again the more balls in the air because he hit he hit a couple of really hard balls today for hits um like smoked a couple but that was really the like the the only two that he's really hit this month that have been like screamers that weren't straight to a fielder on the infield so i think he's see i can only say what i'm seeing but the man wants to win so bad. It kind of feels like he's swinging at everything. But I and he has been getting really shitty calls on the outside, as he has all year. Yeah, but we won't talk about Rob Drake today. He was terrible. No, I I don't want to. That's not why I brought it up. It's just, could he be trying, trying too hard? Maybe, or maybe he's just. I don't know. Just on a bad bad streak, I guess. Just a bad streak, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he'll he'll figure it out. He's he's shown in the past that he's capable of busting out of these funks at any given time, and usually when the moment is biggest. So hopefully, uh, that comes tomorrow when we start a big series. But uh, one thing I do want to talk about before we wrap this episode up um, during Saturday's game, Pat Tavler was talking about 
Marcus Semien and, and Santiago Espinal and how he thinks the American League second base gold glove is between those two guys. So I want I wanted to just fact check that a little bit. Uh, I pulled up three different defensive stats. There's so many different ones out there, but I wanted to just keep it relatively simple. Statcast uses outs above average, where they have uh, all the players ranked in, in all of baseball in terms of defense. Espinal has a 10 outs above average, while Marcus Semien has a 5. So advantage Espinal in that category. I went over to Fangrass where they utilize ultimate zone rating or UZR, which calculates both like arm strength, range, just kind of a, a whole bunch of different defensive factors. Espinal there is actually only at a 0.6, versus Simeon's at a 2.5, which both are like just barely above average. Um, then I went to the Fielding Bible and looked at defensive runs saved, where Espinal has five and Marcus Simeon has six. So, I mean, yeah, Tabby's right. They're both relatively close. If you look at all three different stats, obviously Espinal has a big advantage and now it's above average and then Simeon's up on the other two, but it's, it's not a big advantage in those. But the problem is, is that he was forgetting that there is another second baseman in the American League who is currently leading baseball, the entire Major League Baseball in defensive uh, statistics, and that's Jonathan Scope. He's actually got 24 outs above average on on uh, StatCast. Wow. He's the only player above 20. The next closest, I believe, is Arenado at 18. Um, there's a couple of people around that 18 range. So Jonathan Scope is absolutely lighting it up. He has a 2.6 uh, UZR on Fangraphs and a 7 defensive run save on the Fielding Bible. So he beats both Espinal and Semien in all three of the categories that I just cherry-picked. I didn't look at other stats to see if what, uh, what, what how deep it goes, but for me, I think it's Jonathan Scope. <laughs> so I hate to rain on Tabby's parade about uh, Espinal winning a Gold Glove. He may win one in the, one in the win one in the future, but it it shouldn't be this season. It should be Jonathan Scope by a long shot, in my opinion. So, little fact check for it you. It should be, but I wonder if the fact that Scope's only played 116 games to date it has an impact. Um. It shouldn't, in my opinion. It's, no, he's, he's probably he, the fact that he's not. done those numbers in 116 games is even more impressive. His offensive numbers are appalling. They're the worst of his career. Yeah, by we a don't lot. look at offense for Gold Gloves. No, I, I know they don't, that. but I'm just saying. Like, I mean, Espinal's only complete, played in 125 games. It's only nine more games. In terms of a complete player, I think Espinal is superior. However, uh, Marcus Semien is superior in terms of a complete well, player. I was thinking between Scope and Espinal, mm. but yes. Yeah, yeah. See, I I do miss Samin, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, good for him. He got his paper. He got his paper. Yeah, and we wanted that for him, so I'm glad he did. But yeah, I, I just wanted I wanted to do a little fact check because it was it was just interesting because I was I was thinking as the broadcast was happening, uh, I couldn't. I honestly, I I was agreeing with Tabby. I couldn't think of two other second basemen who. I had seen this year who were doing as well defensively as those two. And then I looked at the stats. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I forgot about Jonathan scope because he plays for the tigers <laughs> and they're bad. So, uh, but yeah, in terms of defense, Jonathan scope should win the second base gold glove for the American league. I rest my case. Uh, something just slid across my desk. The very first team to clinch their postseason spot are the Los Angeles Dodgers 
According to MLB on Twitter, they're the first ones in. That's that's shocking. I would never would have guessed that <laughs> based on the fact that they've almost won 100 games already. <laughs> just a just a great season for them. Yeah, we'll no, they're uh, they're pretty uh, they're pretty elite. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else you want to add before we wrap up today's episode, there, Patrick? Nah. Yeah, no, I'm looking to see if there's anything on important on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, I haven't really seen anything. Um. <laughs> After the the very emotional week of uh, beating Baltimore and now beating Texas, I'm kind of wiped. And we're about to start this big set against Tampa. Yeah, and there's going to be some daytime baseball and two of the five games because of the doubleheader and the getaway day for Tampa on, on Thursday. So it's going to be a lot of baseball here in a four day stretch. So hopefully uh, everyone's able to maybe not watch it all. <laughs> I know I won't be able to because of work and just no, having a life, can. but yeah, it's a lot of ba- eight games in seven days is quite a bit. And they're yeah. all games that mean a lot. But we'll, I've said it before and I'll say it again. This is a long, long season. We've already dealt with a lot of emotional highs and lows. Just punt to the next day if you're tired, man. Yep. There's a lot of baseball to come. And the biggest games, I think, are yet to be played. These are the biggest to date. But, you know, those last two weeks, I think, are going to be a lot more intense than what we get this week. This is pretty close to playoff caliber, but... You know, this team, they're on pace to make the playoffs. Pace yourself. Be ready. I'm not, that's not a guarantee. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that <laughs> cocky uh, about it. We look like we're in great position. Five and a half up on Baltimore right now, but there's enough games left against them. Can't rule them out. So pace yourselves. Pace yourselves. Yeah. It's, there you uh, go. There's like three big weeks of baseball ahead here. So, yeah, just tread lightly, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, if you, if you like what we do, check us out on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. That's where you can DM or tweet at us. People have been tweeting at me this weekend asking me today, like, does Yusuke Kikuchi have it? To which I responded with the uh, Bugs Bunny no gif because no. he does not have it. <laughs> um, we are on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can find our website, bfmdpodcast.com. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen to this episode. We will be back on Thursday at the conclusion of the uh, five-game mega series with the Tampa Bay Rays to to uh, review that one and preview this series with the Baltimore Orioles. For Patrick Marsh out in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. We'll see you next time.